Welcome or welcome back to the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Our topics for this episode are our NFL Conference Championship picks, George Springer signing with the Toronto Blue Jays on a six-year deal, and Philip Rivers retiring. Should he be a Hall of Famer? We talk about that as well. And at the end, we have an interview with the professional soccer player, Forbes 30 Under 30 recipient, and founder of a frugal athlete, Amobi Okugo. But first, we predict the outcomes of the NFL Conference Championship games between the Bills vs. Chiefs and Packers vs. Buccaneers. So, in my conference pick, I got four out of four. So, I'm going to stick with those picks. And those picks were that the Chiefs would actually make it to the Super Bowl. And by to do this, they would have to defeat the Buffalo Bills. So, this week, I predict them defeating the Buffalo Bills. But... I also predict in my other pick, I said for the Super Bowl, it's also going to be Tom Brady. So I think that Tom Brady is going to prevail over um, Aaron Rodgers. And I think this because I know that um, the Packers have such a good, they have such a good defense and offense, but so do um, the Bucks, and they have the GOAT. So I really just think that the Bucks are going to win this one, but a very close game. Now, back to the Buffalo game. If I were to predict the score, I probably would say it'd be a high-scoring game. So I'd probably say it'd be around 20... No, how about 31 Chiefs, um, 24 um, 24 Bills. And also, Patrick Mahomes is going to play, not Chad Henney. Patrick Mahomes is cleared to play. He may not be at 100%, but it's still Patrick Mahomes. And that's way better than Chad Henney. So I'm going to say I had the Packers winning it all this year. So obviously they have to make it to the Super Bowl. I picked them to beat the Buccaneers in this game. Um, I think Packers win this with Devontae Adams. He won against Jalen Ramsey. Even Jalen Ramsey couldn't cover him. I still have Devontae as the best wide receiver in the NFL. So I think that Sean Murphy Bunting is not going to be able to cover him. Carlton Davis will not be able to cover him. And Aaron Rodgers, having only thrown 89 interceptions in 16 seasons. So I think that's... his uh, interceptionless streak continues in the playoffs, and I think he gets it done. Tom Brady will. This will be both games will be high scoring, but I think the Packers end up on top and get a couple stops to stop Tom Brady. Uh, for that score of that game, I'm going to say it's 38 to 27 Packers, and then we go to the Chiefs Bills. I think this will be a close game. Patrick Mahomes just declared actually that he is out of concussion protocol. He will play. There were many doubts about that. So, um, I I was going to originally pick the Bills, but I think now that Patrick Mahomes back, you see what Tyreek Hill is doing. You see what Travis Kelsey is doing. This team is so great. Their defense is stepping it up. Tyran Matthews taking it to another level, even at his age. So, I think the Bills' defense is horrible against the run. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is also probably going to come back. I think that the Chiefs get it done this week. Uh, 31, like Arch said, but I think the Bills end up at 23. Um, and so that would make it the Packers, Chiefs, and the Super Bowl. And we will talk more about that next week in the Super Bowl matchups. But those are my two picks this week. I had the Packers winning and the Chiefs winning. And Arsh, who do you have? Uh, I had the Chiefs winning and I had the Bucks winning. Now we're going to talk about George Springer in free agency signing with the Toronto Blue Jays. So 
So as Ars mentioned, George Springer signing with the Toronto Blue Jays for on a six-year, $150 million deal. And when you think about this, this is actually very team-friendly. $25 million a year is uh, a lot, but definitely. But when you think about it, that George Springer is such a great player. He was a key part on the Astros World Series win, even though they were cheating. He was still a key part of that team. He was a key part of their whole season and their whole dynasty, really, because... They have been really good the past few years. Yeah, and then they they have they got a young Bo Bichette, and they have Vlad Guerrero, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who is also a great hitter, made it to the um, home run derby last year. So their infield, that Bo Bichette and uh, George Springer are great together. Bo Bichette can play second base, so that those two, and then you have. Vlad playing uh, in the outfield. This is such a great combo. This team is going to be great next year. They just have to get work a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit on their pitching, and they should be good. So this team easily, I think, will win the um, will win the will win the. I think they'll have the best record in the MLB this year, and I think. Uh, beating out the Houston Astros because the Houston Astros always have a good record and George Springer just adds, is a great addition to this team makes this team a lot better than it already is and it's not hard it's very hard to do to make it better than it already is but this addition definitely makes it yeah I'm really excited to see um, the young Boba Shet pairing up with George Springer and I'll remind everyone who's been paying attention to baseball for the past few years when the Astros were, like, the championship team, their three stars were Jose Altuve, George Springer, and, I mean, they kind of had Carlos Beltran for a little, but mostly Jose Altuve and um, Carlos Correa and um, and George Springer. So when you include all of those people, George Springer might have been the best out of those three, and now teaming up with Bo Bichette, who already made an impressive impressive debut last year um it's just going to be really cool to see how it's going to work in this new system for him but he hasn't been that good the past few years he just he's he's been declining a little so he needs to up his game a little but if he does that then the blue jays are maybe a title contender at least um a championship series contender so i think that the Blue Jays are going to be a lot better with him um, on their team. They may have to spend some money, and they did because George Springer is such a good player. But at the as as good as George Springer is, I believe they paid a little bit too much because he's been declining a little bit. But still, he's a very good player, and I don't see any sign of him extremely declining soon. I agree. Great addition, George Springer, and he'll, he'll definitely have an immediate impact. They'll make him into the active. They'll definitely he'll be on the active roster, and he'll make an immediate impact for this team. And I, as I, I'm predicting right now. So those of you got you guys taking notes, make sure you write that down. I'm predicting now they have the best record next year in the MLB. Really? Yes, I'm saying that because I think wow. they Bobachat will take a big step. Vlad Guerrero is already great, and. The George Springer, who's arguably the best shortstop or one of the best shortstops, definitely not not um or not shortstop. I mean outfielder, but not he's not going to beat anyone 
he's he's probably a little bit better than Vlad Guerrero. So this team now with two great outfielders and Bobachet, who I think will make a big step. I think they're title contenders easily, and they have the best record in the MLB. Now we're going to talk about Philip Rivers retiring from the NFL. Should he be a sure Hall of Famer, or is there a question? In my mind, he's totally a Hall of Famer. He's been he has he's had a great seventeen years um, in the Colts and the Chargers franchise, and I think. In my opinion, he still had a few years left in him. The reason I think he didn't keep playing was because he wanted to retire on top, just like Derek Jeter did. Everyone would, they still would keep him on the team out of respect, but really he'd just be dragging the team down. And you saw, he's been declining a little bit, but he still had a few years left. But he wanted to retire on top, and Drew Brees might have ended his career with three interceptions. I think that Philip Rivers, that's not what he wanted to do. So he did not play a horrible game against the Bills. So it would have been a pretty good um, ending to his career. And if he should be in the Hall of Fame, I totally think he should be. I, I think he should be. For, I mean, he's fifth all-time in passing yards and passing touchdowns. That's, and completion. Exactly. And if... That, I mean, there's more than five quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. So why is he not in the Hall of Fame? Because he's fifth all time on all those um, stats. So shouldn't he be in the Hall of Fame if people who aren't even fifth are in the Hall of Fame? That's the question I ask. And that's a question you can't really answer because there's lots of players who haven't made um, a Super Bowl that are in the Hall of Fame. And I believe he should be one of them because he's had such an amazing career. It's just a matter of if you get on the right team in the right situation, right time, right place, because there's only one winner and 32 teams. So to answer your question, yes, I do think that Philip Rivers should make the Hall of Fame. I think I agree with everything you said. Fifth all-time in passing yards, fifth all-time in passing completions, and fifth all-time in touchdowns. Uh, so uh, I think Philip Rivers, again, great player. I can't remember a single, in my mind, 14 years I've been on this earth. I can't, in my mind, I don't remember a single time a Philip Rivers, a Philip Rivers-led team did bad. Can you remember any time? No, he's always been a great player. And he's a great leader. Again, the funny aspect is he's a great trash talker too. And But he really, he shows up to it. And he's been playing great. I think they would the Colts would have drafted a quarterback either way. It was just a matter of if Phillip Rivers was going to stay to play one more year and help the quarterback, whoever they drafted, maybe Kyle Trask or whoever, help them develop or would he retire? And he chose to retire. So the Colts' uh, situation continues. First they lose Andrew Luck, and now they lost Phillip Rivers back-to-back years. So hopefully they get a quarterback that will stay. But Phillip Rivers, I think he should be a sure ballot first hall first ballot Hall of Famer. But I don't think he will be. I don't. People just don't think he's that good. And he he is that good. And like I was the aspect of trash talk. He really showed up and. If he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but Eli Manning won two with the with the Giants team. Imagine if Philip Rivers was on that Giants team. He got drafted to that Giants team, and then they swapped with Eli Manning. So I think sure about he should be a sure ballot Hall of Famer, but he will be definitely second ballot if nothing else happens. And if he doesn't make the Hall of Famer Hall of Fame, I will be 
I will be personally extremely upset. Will you be extremely upset? Because I think he Very. deserves. I think he easily deserves this. If if I'm being honest, I think he deserves this almost as much as Drew Brees. If I'm being honest, if he doesn't even if he doesn't make fifth. I mean, if he doesn't make first ballot, I'll be very upset because he is fifth in passing yards and passing completions and passing touchdowns, but there's more than five QBs. And people, the stats prove that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And people are saying Ben Roethlisberger should be in the Hall of Fame. Ben Roethlisberger won one Super Bowl, but I'd argue Philip Rivers is a better player than Ben Roethlisberger. So Ben Roethlisberger will be a Hall of Famer, so I... Th- through that logic, I think Philip Rivers should be a Hall of Famer. But even if you don't follow that logic, I think he should be a Hall of Famer anyway. And now, please enjoy our interview with professional soccer player, Forbes 30 Under 30 recipient, class of 2020, and founder of a frugal athlete, Amobi Okugo. Make sure you listen. This is a great interview. Amobi Okugo is a first-generation Nigerian-American who was born and brought up in California. He is also a professional soccer player for Austin Bold FC in Texas, a media host, philanthropist, and Forbes 30 Under 30 recipient, not to mention the founder of A Frugal Athlete, a program that educates athletes on how to manage their money. Through this program, Mr. Okugo has worked with numerous celebrities, including Juju Smith-Schuster, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, and Alex Morgan. Mr. Okugo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be on. Um, Yeah, I can't wait to, you know, have this wonderful conversation. So you were born and brought up in California. Your dream mentor we read was Magic Johnson. Why was he your mentor, and how did he shape you when you were a kid? Yeah, so my dream mentor was Magic Johnson just because of the way he was able to, you know, use his basketball career and turn it into a business empire. You know, he was able to use his resources, his capital to navigate, you know, playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, and with that was able to turn, you know, a playing career, you know, uh, Fortunately, he played like a, you know, he had a, you know, he had an amazing career, but he was able to do so much more with his career than a lot of people give him credit for. You know, a lot of times athletes, you know, we just play the sport, but Magic Johnson was always thinking long term. So um, if I could definitely have a sports business mentor, he would definitely be on top of the list. That must have had a big impact on you creating a frugal athlete, the program we talked about earlier. Yes, it goes. Um, it goes hand in hand with what we try to do with the frugal athlete. You know, our mission is to help athletes make, manage, and multiply their money through financial education and athlete empowerment. And, you know, Matthew Johnson is a clear example of that. So whenever I could highlight stories of athletes um, that are doing, you know, what it means to be a frugal athlete, uh, we love to do that. And that's, uh, that's what it's all about. Shifting gears to your childhood a little bit, growing up as a first-generation Nigerian-American, did you ever get teased or made fun of in school? <laughs> I got I got made fun of for my name, uh, uh, yeah, because not a lot of people knew how to pronounce the Moby, so they would say Moby, uh, one Kenobi, Moby, uh, the other one with the bad word at the end of it. Um, you know, they would just mispronounce my name sometimes on purpose. Um, but as I grew older, um, I you know I was able to be more confident and you know not paying any mind. You know, so you know being a first generation immigrant is tough, but uh, I, I love the fact that I was able to go through those moments of adversity and, you know, have a strong family value and help me, um, you know, as I, as I got older in my, in my life. So you ended up at UCLA. How did you get there? 
So for me, uh, I was fortunate enough to play soccer at a high level at a young age, and you know UCLA coaches recruited me. Um, so after looking at different schools uh, to try to figure out uh, what was going to happen, um, I had to figure out what was going to happen. Um, UCLA was the best option for me, so I decided to go that to go there and uh, go from there. For you, how is being recruited in soccer, and how is it different than being recruited in, say, football or basketball? Oh, yeah, it's different because, you know, with soccer, you're not really playing um, – we're not really playing, like, high school sports, you know, in the sense of uh, high school basketball, that's where you get recruited from. Football, high school football, that's where you get recruited from. For soccer, it's mostly club soccer. Uh, So that's how you get recruited. Uh, And then that's, like, that's the main difference in terms of – um, you know, how you're supposed to get seen. So luckily for me, I was playing on the youth national team. So that helped me out in terms of getting recruited uh, at the next level. You talk about the next level and you really took it up a notch at UCLA the next year, winning Pac-10 freshman of the year. How did that come about and who helped you get to that next level that you were talking about? Yeah, so fortunately for me, you know, uh, at UCLA, we had a really good team. So whenever your team does well, you're able to, you know, showcase some individuals. So, you know, our team was doing well. We won the Pac-12, uh, sorry, Pac-10 at the time. And, you know, I was playing uh, I was playing the majority of the games. You know, I actually started almost every game. So uh, with that, you know, having an integral part, being, a, being an integral part of the team um, helped my accolades, and I was happy to get that award. Uh, I wish we would have got the championship at the end of the day, but, um, you know, it was a good season for me. And you were very good that season. You entered the MLS draft and went sixth overall to the Philadelphia Union in 2010. How did it really feel to be drafted in the top six? And what was going through your head at that moment? It was a blessing. It was like a culmination of all the hard work that I did and, um, you know, all the sacrifices my parents made. And, um, you know, to be able to get my name called and be able to know that I was going to get drafted to a team that found value in me, uh, it was just a blessing that, you know, I never took it for granted. And, you know, I'm fortunate to have played, you know, 10 years since that moment. You know, not a lot of get, people get to get drafted, let alone play. So it's been a blessing, and I'm so grateful to, you know, have had the opportunity. For people who don't know, give us a brief description of what a frugal athlete is. So frugal athlete is an online financial media platform that promotes prudent financial practices, and smart career decisions uh, amongst professional athletes and student athletes. Our main goal is to help athletes make, manage, and multiply money through financial education and athlete empowerment. What is a frugal athlete about, and how does it help professional athletes manage their money? So for me, um, it's it's all about you know giving people the resources to make better decisions for their own financial play for their own financial playbooks. You know that's what a frugal athlete is all about: giving them the information, the content and, you know, the, the resources that they can use to learn more about, you know, what it takes to be smarter with their money, what it takes to leverage their career. And uh, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, and that's why uh, we've been successful so far. Uh, hopefully we can continue to grow, and that's, that, that's, that's what we plan on doing. Who is your favorite athlete that you've interacted with and learned about their life? Uh, so far, it's probably been uh, Kelvin Beecham. He's uh, he's an athlete. He's a football player playing for the Arizona Cardinals. He's someone that I you know have a good relationship with. I've been able to learn a lot from him, and it's been amazing. Going to another one of your accolades, Forbes 30 Under 30 Class of 2021. What are some of the qualifications that you have to have to be on that list, and how are you able to become a key part of that list this year? I think uh, 
the only qualifications that you have to have uh, an impactful business or op, uh, like doing something impactful in whatever category that you are qualified for. And then you have to be under 30. So though I fit those two categories, uh, fortunately, and was able to, uh, um, able to, uh, you know, meet the qualifications to make the list. Tell us a little bit more about another one of your foundations, the OKU Go Foundation. Yeah, so the OKU Go Foundation is a, a nonprofit 501c3 that is uh, meant to help um, children from low-income backgrounds. Our, our philosophy is to, you know, give them the necessary tools, resources, and opportunities to, you know, not only better themselves, but their communities. So through that, we do athletic, social, and educational programming to helpfully uh, provide those, uh, uh, those opportunities. And do you think you created that foundation? Because um, it definitely sounds like it goes hand in hand with a frugal athlete. So d- did you think creating one had an, had an impact on you creating the other? Oh, yeah, most definitely. They definitely had a hand in hand. You know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing um, all that I can to provide impact in whatever I want to do. And those are like two aspects of my life that I definitely want to provide value in. What advice do you have for kids who want to go pro in soccer one day and eventually take their name and use it to make money off the field? I would say um, the advice I have is to not be afraid to start. You know, the first thing that you can do is you start. You know, a lot of people have these great ideas, but they never act on them because they're afraid um, what someone might say or they're afraid because they think – because they think it's uh, not going to work out. So I think it's all about trying to figure out um, how you're going to start and then actually starting. Mr. Akugo, thank you for joining us today. We had a great time talking to you about your soccer career as well as your business. We appreciate your time and have a great rest of your day. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button and that subscribe button and make sure to turn post notifications on so you're always notified when we drop a new episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review. We check those daily and we will make sure to feature your comment in the next episode. Until next time, we're the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast.